Bank Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. Nice to see you. Late to work, huh? Late to work. <laughs> long day. Long day. They kept you at Taco Bell too long. I, register. I, I was made an example of. I, I made this one Crunchwrap Supreme incorrectly. And uh, in order to prove myself, my manager made me make... 700 Crunchwrap Supremes perfectly. It's kind of the Taco Bell equivalent of writing on the board over and over. I got you. Which, uh, you know, is the kind of punishment that you'd get in school back in the day, which uh, for those of you who listened last week, you know, is that system that we call education. Well, now they uh, have, sorry to interrupt, but now they have a screen that, it's like a computer screen, touch screen, instead of even on a whiteboard at the schools. So you could just do copy-paste a whole bunch of times. You wouldn't well, have to write it. Well, they also have a screen at Taco Bell, so I'm not going to be a cashier much longer anyway. Oh, good. So good. It, everything works out. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that education system we talked about last week is, uh, you know, is, is an interesting concept, the idea that, uh, you know, e- education, that word, there's like a lot tied up in that as we found. And I still don't think we quite got to the core of it, but um, I think for the most part, education is this never-ending process of learning and expanding your mind. And it's not just working backwards from being a good citizen, but if we do have education and fix that system, what does that look like? Like, let's follow that down, right? You know? So, like everything we talk about, the calculation problem with it being a government uh, run system is uh, they don't know where the the resources should be allocated for society. Uh, what people, what companies, what everything wants, they, they don't know. There's no price index. Uh, and there's no matter, let's just pretend like everybody in government has everybody, every single one of them has the purest intentions. Okay. But Granted. it's a government-run education system. The calculation problem is there anyway. Even if they were super smart, they just could not read the market. There's no indicator. Uh, Therefore, let's throw that out the window and let's go, let's say, private school. Got Uh, it. Private education, not private school, because I don't even think school is necessarily the answer. I think that was a 
a good swing back when we were all farming, but I think we can do better than that. Anyway, let's say private education. We all figured out that was the way to go. We did it. Thousands of companies got into it. Thousands failed. Now there's like, you know, 15, 20 of them competing. They've got models where they, you know, they educate different people different ways and some do better with these kind of people. Some people like this, whatever. So it works, right? And people are getting educated who want to be educated the way they want to be educated and what they want to be educated. And it's, everybody's happy. Nobody's being forced to do anything. Everybody's getting what they want and or not getting anything if they don't want it. Right. Um, and, uh, we're not having the debate on whether education is, is good or bad in America. Now in this utopia, it's good. Now let's say somebody doesn't, a mom and dad don't have the money to send their kid to school. Um, in the society that I'm talking about, it would be lucrative for companies to, I don't know how exactly it would play out in the long run, but it would be lucrative for a company to be like, Hey, I'll send you to school as long as you come to work for me in this field, this field, or this field, depending on the education you get for X amount of time, I'll pay for your schooling. That would most likely be happening because it would just make sense because companies in that world wouldn't be able to use government, uh, uh, regulations to knock out competition they would actually have to have human capital to compete with their competition because the customers would be the people who said whether a company made it or didn't right so um but let's pretend like uh there's just one good family right great family Mm -hmm. uh great kid who just no company wants to invest in nobody. Right. Um, and they're like, oh, I want to send my kid to school. Okay. Let's think about why dad wasn't able to send mom wasn't able to send their kid to school. What they do with the money they made, what they do, uh, with whatever happened to them. Uh, in most scenarios, like, you know, people, it, your time is worth what it is to you. So, like, I don't want to work so hard to become some CEO, so I don't. Therefore, I have a little bit more time with my family. It's a value judgment, right? A lot of people make that value judgment. They don't want to have that much time away from whatever. And they don't work whether you want to call it lazy or not it's to me it's a value judgment and it's i have no as long as you're not taking from me to subsidize it then i'm okay with it you can be if you are lazy that's fine with me i don't care all right 
So, but there's scenarios where let's say the father was hurt in an accident, right? Um, the I mean, let's just there's so many things that would in a private market would probably pay for this kid to go. But let's just pretend like something about this kid nobody wants, right? Um, and is it is it now a right for him or her to get an equal education? Like, because we can't just say an education because the kid could just go on YouTube and learn if you wanted to, right? We have, I know more stuff from learning myself than I do from anybody else. So the kid could educate himself, right? Let's say, does he have a right to the same type of education that most of the other kids are getting? Because he wants it, and most kids want it. Well, and I think that's why the conversation we had last week does tend to tear this argument apart almost before it even starts. Mm -hmm. Because the idea of this this premise, the, the idea that some child would end up without education and would have some right to that education that needed correcting, that situation almost can't present itself by way of the way that we actually define education and the way that we set up a society to be driven by these types of factors, right? So mm -hmm. if you say that an education is everything that you want to learn and we have removed those barriers such that you can learn those things freely via YouTube and some sort of curated other channel that can be had for minimal cost, then maybe that need breaks down and completely goes away. And I think to your point, you know, what, what market forces are in place that you know, would, would dictate that this person would have no money and they, they wouldn't need this. But I, I think for the sake of the thought experiment, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. And I think maybe we define that education, albeit arbitrarily, to a fixed point, right? Like what is that education? Let's call it, um, let, let's call it what they would call it now, which is school, right? Like a, a, a degree, right? Because at least the way that we've uh, talked about it in recent culture mm -hmm. and certainly how we talk about it as an ideal, which would be either the pursuit of knowledge in and of itself or, of course, in commerce, some private firms being able to uh, benefit from that knowledge of the productivity of their labor. So the first one being a bit more on the side of a luxury 
learning what you want is uh, is a bit more nebulous. So if we tie it to something a bit more concrete and say that it's a, a degree or a certificate of some sort that is a requirement for some sort of a job that you would need. Let's I call it like a comp competence, competency certificate. Like you've got the basics. Right. You're, you've got a good foundation. Now a company can build on that, right? You can get a job low and work your way up, which is right. what I think. I think the high school diploma is supposed to be today. Right. As it, sure. as it is uh, interchangeable with the GED, it is this standard of, or meant to be, I guess. Yeah. Know, I'll say is is meant to be the the standard of you can now enter the workforce or continue, but yeah. we've <laughs> we've done what we think is yeah. necessary. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's 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 call it that. Um, if you are not in a position where a company would be incentivized to pay for that in exchange. And your parents have not been positioned to provide that on your behalf as a dependent of theirs. <clears throat> Do you have a right to it? And no school was willing to let you work for it at the school. I <laughs> mean, think about all the things that would happen to to let you get that but uh for the sake of the argument because we could go through so many scenarios that could fix this situation where this kid could go um well let's pretend like that didn't happen um so the positive rights so let's i if i let's say we grant the positive right to said child all right so now uh wealth has to be spent on child on this child and wealth being uh i hate to use money because it, but like most people think of it as money but Think about all the things that get you money, right? Your your blood, your sweat, your uh, your your mind, your creativity, right? Um, all these things that, in a utopia, would grant us uh, our currency at that at that time, which would not be U.S. dollars. Trust me. But like, um, we'd have to spend that now on on this kid whether and even if the teacher said oh it's just one child i will teach this child for for free right um now the time spent teaching this child is time that he or she is not with their kids not kayaking not mountain, whatever they want to be doing besides this that's that's the cost of this 
um, is that is that a huge cost? Not not for just one child, not, you know. Um, but do you have a right to force somebody to do that? Because if we grant this kid that we are saying this will ha- somebody will pay for this and we're going to make somebody pay for this if nobody just volunteers to. And we've already established nobody's going to volunteer to because that's why we've gotten to the point we have to make people, right? Or the free market would have handled it if somebody volunteered. So now we are forcing somebody to do whatever, right? And uh, we're still, and we're not even factoring in like the waste of government or whatever. We're saying this is in a utopia that does not have forced coercion at this point, and we're going to introduce it for this child. Which, you know, I'll say is if, if we're going to try and, you know, add some uh, credence to this, like let's, let's prop it up a bit and say that um, for some reason this education isn't a means to something that someone can capitalize on, but it is a means of positive and altruistic production. So this child's education would be for the greater good and we've established that but it would not translate to capital that anyone would be willing to put forth as in order to return on investment so if we're going to force somebody or multiple people to invest said invest in child right now we have to establish a um a group of people or a person that decides who pays for this and a enforcement something what an agency that makes you do it because you don't want to, right? We've already established we don't want to pay for this kid because nobody did it freely, right? So if we're going to educate this child to a standard that this person or group of people is paying or is allocating the funds for that they've stolen from somebody else. What interest do they have to educate the child to a free market mind? And what about the company that, that person owns on the side or this person in the panel owns on the side. They're going to use the tax dollars that they've paid. The incentive is going to be, I control this. I force that person to pay for it, right? My incentive is to educate that person's mind to like me having this power and to 
be good at doing the job that suits my company, right? As opposed to what a free market uh, indicator-based economy would just go towards whatever resource was most valuable at the time, right? That would be where education would move to because the, it'd follow the money, right? Uh, so now it's just going to be uh, arbitrary, right? For that child, at least. That one, you know. Um, so these are all things, it, they're minimal when we're speaking about one child, right? You, how many enforcement people would you really need do the paperwork, make sure that this person paid or that person paid or whatever, right? Probably not that many. I feel like it's one guy named Gary who does all of it. Yeah. He's uh, he's sort of a tax collector and also a cop and also a courier and also a truancy officer. And so a fuhrer? <laughs> our Fuhrer <laughs> he is the end all be all <laughs> I prefer to call him uh, Gary of all trades yeah old Gary with his mustache classic Gary yep um, so I don't bring up these little things like enforcement agencies and stuff to be a smart ass or uh, to be like, ah, I told you so I'm an anarchist and I'm right. I just, I want you to understand that this isn't a voluntary thing. Just like taxes today. Yes. We vote all the time and people are like, yeah, we should raise the taxes on the other guy. Right. So they always vote for raising tech on people that aren't them, right? Uh, and it always backfires and whatnot. And um, they vote, oh, we want to, we want to do this with the money, but they're not the ones paying for it. They're telling everybody else what to pay. You know what I mean? So in their heads. It's it's disconnected. So uh, do a thought experiment with you and your friends and, and say, what if the tax code was they broke down every dollar that was taken in and where it went? And you were like, you had X amount, right? The whole thing you were supposed to pay if you wanted to pay for all of these things, right? but then you could not check this box and your tax went down as you didn't, I don't want to fund that. I don't want to fund like other people can. Right. And they can put more in that and take some from this. Right. Imagine what you would actually want from your government. If you were doing it that way, like you would actually want not what you vote for because the left or the right told you to, on the ballot, but like what you would really vote for if that's how you did it through your own dollar. Um, and that's what you have to think about with these things like uh, forcing people with positive rights. You've got to force people 
to do something. You've got to take somebody's natural right away to give a positive right. You cannot give a positive right without taking a natural right away from somebody else or a lot more people. It cannot happen. So we all want it to be rainbows and unicorns and whatever, right? But it's you're not going to get there from the barrel of a gun, uh, from forcing other people to pay for your things or do this or do that. You're going to get there through the, I hate when people call capitalism, like focus on the, the, the end product of capitalism. Oh, I want my profit. Right. Well, capital really capitalism is, is a, amazing dance of uh, of people socially just I don't it's like a it's like a flock of birds or a school of fish like it's chaos but it it's perfect it does everything's got its place things cost money which indicates resources should go here. Yes, we want to use aluminum to build this, but aluminum's too expensive. People aren't going to pay for it that much. Why is aluminum too expensive? Because it's really needed over here. But this person doesn't know that. They just know it's too expensive. I could use a polymer here. People would still buy my product. Yes, I don't really want to. I want to use aluminum, but it's too expensive, right? He doesn't know why aluminum's too expensive, right? And he doesn't have to. It's an indicator, right? Well, and you're pointing that. You're pointing to the fact that, and and at the at the risk of 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 being super pedantic and jumping into a semantic argument of the fact that we spent you know, last week defining education and I don't want to define capitalism today. Like the sense of capitalism being 20 things to even just a couple of people is, is very true. But I think what you're talking about in its truest sense is actually not a system at all. I think it's the, the lack of a system. It's sort of the natural outgrowth of how humans interact Yes, and I just want everyone who hears you say capitalism. It's not what you read about for those who have kind of used capitalism as a derogatory term, right? The, I guess, Marxist movement and forward. Ludwig von Mises called it human action. Economics. It's. it's I say it's the system of economics without a system for capital in a vacuum as humans interact whatever that is that natural outgrowth we'll call that capitalism and i think that's what you're talking about and i think it's an important distinction like i say i don't want to get too in the weeds on it but i think it's an important distinction to make so that when people hear you say capitalism they don't make these connections around cronyism and 
right. all of this wealth. It's um, completely voluntary. There is no forced interaction. Yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Completely voluntary interaction. What we have now is a lot of forced interaction. It's There are um, free market elements to what we have today. Uh, but I would say 99, almost every interaction uh, that you do uh, with another human is affected by some sort of forced government interaction too. Uh, whether it be, you know, the side of the road you drive on to the, you know, the the candy bar you buy. A company, I mean, down, let's go all the way back to the peanut farmer subsidized or whatever. And, but, and then they wanted them to grow corn. So now peanuts are more because more people grow corn or whatever, right? There's all kinds of things that are affecting the market. So you're not getting a true, you're not interacting with your fellow humans in a, in an organized dance that you should be because you're getting the wrong indicators. Therefore, you know, you are taking resources from where they really need to be to make humanity a better uh, society, a better place, you know, um, and you're putting them in, in things that they don't need to be in or vice versa. Um, the whole goal of this, what we do today, talking about positive, negative rights with education is to remind people of that and get us back to a more um, a, a, I don't know how to say it, but like get us in sync with our fellow humans again. Uh, we all hate each other because of politics, but pol the, the government is the reason, right? If we had this free market, we could come up with a solution to get James his education you know, through no force at all. And therefore, we wouldn't have to affect anybody's uh, natural rights. We could just help James. Well, and and you, you touched on this kind of in the in the first part of our conversation where we were talking about the market and these firms being incentivized and they likely would have found a way whether that be through uh you know some incentive for them to put investing in this child's education or uh, some larger charitable or philanthropic need to voluntarily move that but it even also, just a PR campaign. I mean, if anybody works for a company in marketing, we all know that we go and put a shower in some old crippled person's house. I'm speaking from experience, and we take pictures with them, and we put them on our internet websites and whatnot. Right? So, 
But I think I think we can step back a step even further than that mm-hmm. and analyze the idea that in this society, and, and I know that you cringe at the word too, money, right? Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting word. Um, in yeah. this society where things are properly resourced and things are going where they're supposed to go because the market is flowing freely without this uh, forced interaction and uh, things moving without being kind of naturally there and things are, you know, in the ideal that we talk about, this utopia, to me, I find that money in that place becomes somewhat pure in that money is truly some abstraction. It's a tool to count IOUs or balance or record a vacuum that needs to be filled with some resource. And right. in that yeah, um, system... I apologize for, I guess, in that system, money is, is what it's supposed to be, currency, whatever. I don't like using it for the same reason that you, every time that I say the word capitalism, you cringe and have to say what, I'm, what I mean because... That word, where it doesn't have, uh, because of the worlds we live in, like, if I say capitalism where I live, I don't get that same reaction as where, when you say it in the work space that you live in, you probably get a huge negative reaction. Whereas money, um, at least in my atmosphere, and I imagine in yours too, People don't understand what money really is anymore. I know they're not taught it in school. So, um, but yes, you're right. You're you're exactly right. Currency, whatever it may be, um, it could be, you know, bark from a certain tree. It doesn't really matter as long as it's uh, a free market exchange where it's voluntary. You don't have to use it, whatever. It's not a forced upon. It'll work, and it'll work uh, without confrontation. It'll work naturally. So, and, and people will be okay with that. And that's why I, I wonder when we talk about having a right to something or having a right. Uh, to any service or product or resource, if in this utopian world, money is simply a tool to represent resources that are moving to where they need to be, if this child truly needs that education, would it not follow that this utopian system would allow that to happen by some way? Absolutely. If there was an incentive uh, for that child to be educated in a capitalist society, 
let's let's use the word they like to use against us. Somebody would exploit it and educate this child. They would evilly, just pure evil, exploit this child's need for education and give it to him. And you say you say need. A need for education. What what is that need? Why do you need that? So I feel, and this is, I guess, a little bit subjective, but um, I think humanity, at least, let's, let's say most humans, right? There's all kinds of us, right? But in general, humans need their minds to be expanded. So I don't mean the, the concept of education uh, that we kind of talked about abstractly. I mean kind of oh. what we were talking about when we defined it, right? And at, at the risk of sounding like the Republican Party yeah. uh, who celebrates uh, a lack of education. Um, right. Y- yeah, what I mean, I, I say that very specific arbitrary one we defined earlier on, not right. just the, the search for knowledge. I mean, this, uh, that, that certificate we talked about, like, why so, do you need uh, that? You, I don't think you do. Um, not everybody does. Um, so then do you have a right to it? No, I, I, just, I don't think there's, I don't think anybody has any positive right. If your rights come from taking other people's stuff, it's not a that's not a right. That's that's violence. So uh that's violence upon peaceful people. <laughs> I'm not gonna condone it in, in any manner. Um so but let's you know, let's say that that company, the the money's flowing, and the that resources are allocated to where they need to go because there, at this point, there is a free market. Uh, we've got two different ways to go. We've got force people and create a government and start manipulating market forces, or um, the railroad company is done a is is developing a magnet railway and they you know they they need this type of employee this type of employee this type of employee they know they're going to need it in the future so they're investing in people and they test all these companies or and other companies that are doing other things are testing kids who need help with funding for school and you know, Frank or Jesse or whatever his name is, uh, he tests well for, uh, you know, uh, research and development of science, you know, the, the physics and whatnot. Right. So they're like, well, shit, let's, uh, let's get him through the basics and, you know, see if he wants to sign a contract or his or whatever. Once he gets old enough, you know, he's going to know us. We're going to wine and dine him, you know, 
and uh you know get him a good bike and whatnot you know and then when it's time for it he's old enough to sign a contract uh which in a free market society would most likely be when you are capable of moving out of your parents house uh that would be uh, I don't think it would be in a free market society. I think there might be some communities that set an age, but for the most part, I don't think there would be an arbitrary age because I think that creates more problems than it fixes. So I think it would be more like when you, because we all want to move out, right? We all want to our freedom and whatnot. And you know, today everybody just stays in the house and moves down to the basement. But in a society where your kid can afford to move out because resources are allocated correctly, you're not going to let your kid fucking live in your basement forever, right? <laughs> so if he can do it, he's going to be out, right? Anyway, so I think that that's probably where it would be, like with sex and all the things we don't really want to get into. But I think it would be right about there. Um, so, so it sounds like just to kind of put a bow on this, it sounds like to me that the question that we pose of, do you have a right to an education, even when we create some arbitrary sense of what we define as education, which is uh, in itself already kind of a gargantuan task. Even then, when we try to uh, explore the idea of what it would be like to have a right to that education, as we fix money as we fix the incentives as we fix all these things that just seems to go away as a natural result of those things being repaired and shows that it seems to be just a symptom of the problem and not actually the problem so the kind of tldr is that you do not have a right to that education but you also shouldn't have a need you shouldn't have a, a need for assistance for it. it. The fact that you need assistance is the same entity that's telling you to give them the power to give you the right to have it. Um, it's, it, I mean, if you think about this, the way that government works, they create a problem like the very first governments, uh, states or whatever, or kings and whatnot, they would, they're basically uh, mobsters, right? And around some farming community, and people were just living, you know, trading their, you know, their cows and whatever. And uh, they would, you know, hire some raiders or exploit the fact that there were some raiders, right? And they would come in like, I'll protect you, but you got to give me this, right? And that's how the state starts. So they create a problem. They say they're the answer. And then they take your, 
you know, your stuff away from you. And then you've given them that power now. And now they take a little bit more, they create another problem, and then they say they're the answer. And they've done that so many times now that the problems they've created have, like, you know, it's just so woven in this weird thing. And uh, the people just don't know what the problem is because the problem can't be the United States government. We're the free nation, right? Red, white, and blue. Government's there to help us, right? That's what it's there for. Like, anytime we have a problem, why, why, I can't tell you how many times I hear it. Why'd they let that happen? Well, the government wasn't even involved in it. Well, there should have been a law against it or, well, I mean, nobody would have been there if it wasn't for the government, right? That freeway probably would be run by a private company that you were their customer and probably would have been done a lot better or whatever, right? The system would have been figured out by now to make this shit work. Um, and for cheaper. Uh, but... Why didn't they do something about that? Oh, I can't believe that those kids got to shoot it. They were wearing trench coats. Like somebody should have done something. Who? Who are you talking about? The government or society should have done something, right? Society shouldn't have sent them to a school that they're only objective is to make sure that kids are docile to authority and sit down and shut up. It should have been there for them. I mean, if these kids' minds were, were being stretched, taught interesting things instead of just sit down and shut up. I'm sorry, but the sit down and shut up crowd, they're not the ones that go out and, and innovate They're the ones, they tend to be the ones who, you know, organize the wheels and and grease the wheels when they need greased and whatnot. But the kids who are rule breakers, they're the ones who go out there and take the risk and create the new thing, you know. Uh, And we're not, we're beating that out of children today. It's not about whether you get the math problem right. You just have to do it our way, our procedure. Yeah, you came up with a better way to do it, but you failed because you did that. You're supposed to do it our way, our procedure. So when we talk about the state that came from these raiders that's now so far removed from that history that we don't know a time that existed before these things. Yeah. And we simplify the cause and effect of some of these things. It sounds like even the idea 
of these needs arising and them not sorting themselves out naturally is likely due to a process and a system that is unnatural and is not moving with nature. It is moving in a synthetic and manufactured way Mm -hmm. and means that these needs only come about and are not solved by this state and this entity. So when I think about the need of education, Mm -hmm. I have to imagine it's not at all alone in being in need that arises that never should have because of this synthetic and manufactured need. So when we think about needs becoming rights as we talk about them, what do we have a right to? We have a right, a natural right to not be interfered with, to not be taken from, to not be violated in any violent situation. We, do, we have a right not to be forced to interact with someone or something. These are rights that we're born with. These are rights that are real. These are rights that existed naturally. And that's what the state does, is takes away those rights and distracts you with these fake positive rights and then justifies taking away more of your actual rights with the need of these fake positive rights that they can manipulate arbitrarily through whatever swipe of the pen they want at any time to make you into the, what the fuck? I mean, even me think about what I was before I was, uh, Michael Malice would say red-pilled. He's been doing the pill thing a lot lately. Um, but like I, in my core, I was this. But I didn't know what this was. I wasn't educated <laughs> on it, right? I, I just knew that it was what I what I thought was the better way was really wrong. I knew it, you know, but I didn't know why, but now I do. Uh, And uh, my positive rights education didn't do shit for me to get there. (laughs) If anything, it, it hid it from me as long as it possibly could. Um, and if I can say uh, one positive thing about my positive rights education I got was I got a really good education on how to manipulate the people in power to think that I was subservient to them. Does that make sense? 
to think that I was sitting down and shutting up on the surface. But really, I was doing whatever the fuck I wanted. I just had a, you know, I, I fluffed them when I needed to, and I did this or I did that. And when I needed to fight, I fought them in a way that was system-oriented, right? Public. Uh, the public eye or something, you know? And uh, it's the real education I got from the public school system. So what's next? I shouldn't have to do that, though. I'm sorry. What's next? Yeah. Um, for me, for society, where are we going here? I mean, in our thought experiment, what's next is, I mean, the sky is not the limit. <laughs> I mean, in a, in a free society, I mean, think about it. We could be, who knows what we'd be. We could, we, I know private property would be a big deal in it, but property would be different too. We would. So many things would be different. Uh, homes, technology, our our life experiences. I mean, imagine for the what the what are they called the these people that think that um, consciousness will be transferred to robots pretty soon. They're calling themselves something. It's a little bit, uh, it infiltrated the Libertarian Party a little bit, which is fine. Uh, but without these stupid regulations that are stopping people from doing things that there's obviously some sort of market for, there's some sort of resources that people want to be allocated to that. Well, where could we be with that? Like maybe they could be right by now, or you know, or, uh, or maybe we could live forever in a computer or whatever, or at least our consciousness. Think about the advancement of technology. If somebody's mind that's learned up to this time, when their mind starts to fail, could go into something where. You know, the it, could, it was still firing, you know? And they could build upon that, right? Uh, who knows where we could be? I mean, oh, I read a book not that long ago that was the F, just talked about the FDA, and without it, uh, she predicted that, as a female uh, writer, she predicted we'd, we'd live 15 years longer today if it would have never existed on average. So um, she has a lot of evidence in that book to support it. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine when I look at things that the government is heavily involved in and things that they're not heavily involved in and see the difference in the growth of that. And then I go back and I see, 
how heavily involved is it in the thing that they're less at? And I realized how heavily they're involved in that slowing it down. And there's still that much growth in it. I can't imagine where we'd be today. I mean, we're talking about problems of education. Hunger is pretty much done around the world. But the problems that we should be having today are are probably high-end luxuries that we have today. You know what I mean? Like, I should be mad that the Rolls-Royce doesn't allow me to use that, you know, that special wood in Germany anymore in my dash because it's not, you know, it's... <laughs> It's gotten too expensive because they've got too many of them down or whatever. They, they, they didn't keep enough of the cow leather in their storage vault to redo my back seat. I'm a productive guy. I should like that's These are things that would be our big problems without the government in our way. People who work at Baskin Robbins should be able to own a house without taking something from somebody else. If they work at Baskin Robbins, Baskin Robbins is a market that is needed. They should probably be able to own a house. Something. Now what a house is at that point in a free market might be, you know, for a very low income might be quite a bit different than what we think a house is today. But a high-end house would probably be a lot different than what we think a house is today too. The fact that I spent $400,000 on this house and the technology to build it is no different than my parents' 1988 house, except that the wires are, are different colors in the walls. They're the same fucking wires. They're just different colors because the coat changed. The fucking colors in Georgia. The same goddamn wires, though. In fact, they're better because there were more copper in those ones. <laughs> you lay out an interesting thought because you talk about the house moving down to meet demand, but also moving up. Yeah. It's this interesting way of looking at the narrative uh you know stop me if you've heard this one the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer and i think that's in itself not necessarily a bad thing i think if the poor are actually getting poorer related to where they were i think that is a bad thing but As you start looking at things relatively and as things start to scale, the poor, even if they grow and increase, they may not grow and increase at the rate that the rich get richer. And I think that's because of the 
compounding effects of capital and that sort of thing. And uh, the fact that if you have double the resources that it would take for you to live, that's going to be different than just two people who have one X what they need to live because mm-hmm. there's overages and things and carry over. And there are a lot of economic models that we could certainly get into, but it, it speaks to a piece that a lot of the folks who say that, that sentence, you know, the rich is the richer getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. They're not really speaking to the, the market reaching to both of those places. They, the implication is that the market will only serve those that are wealthy. But so the, yeah, exactly. So that's the difference, right? That's what keeps the middle class and the, or the, the poor and the super rich further apart, right? The idea of people being poor and people being rich is subjective, right? But when you see the, the quality of life from rich to poor being further apart, that's, that's what's bad in society, right? We want, we want the whole thing to go up, you know what I mean? And maybe get closer together, right? Like poor people should have more, you know, whatever like whether they 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 should have whatever they they want i'm saying <laughs> nobody should give them anything but when we make things cost more it doesn't hurt the super rich guy you know what i mean when we when we put a regulation on oil production it doesn't hurt the already super rich oil company. It does, I guess it does if you just look at a spreadsheet, but if you take the factor of, you know, uh, Tommy's uh, oil drilling and refining company can't afford to grow and compete and pay this new cost, right? Now they're out of the picture, you know. Um, Tommy's oil company was never going to be Exxon. That wasn't his desire anyway. But he did want to do, he was good at it. He wanted to do a good job in Texas. He might have Austin on lock. Everybody likes the gas from him. They know him. He's a good guy, you know. But now Exxon doesn't have to compete with Tommy. Therefore, they don't have to make their customers that happy either because they just knock the, they just knock the competition out. So that makes the poor people poorer without taking their money away. They're not getting, they wanted Tommy's gas. They wanted, whether it was better or not, they, got more enjoyment out of it. The market wanted Tommy's gas, but Tommy can't afford to do the overhead because of the new regulations. Therefore, 
You're going to get Exxon's gas, and we don't give a shit what you want. Uh, you know, uh, we sit here and we look at the project housing, like these old steel doors, these toilets that, you know, keep running. And I mean, think all the, the electrical problems, they're just cockroaches and shit like that in them. Right. And how much is that costing society to put these people in these horrible conditions? Uh, a lot. Uh, regulations and all kinds of things. Whereas, you know, before that kind of stuff, there was this. There was people buying homes. Now, the technology was different back then. What they'll try and trick you with is like, Oh yeah, but back then these people were sleeping in one bedroom houses, families of five. Well, yeah, no shit. So was like the upper middle class was doing the same, was doing that too. It was just a little bigger one bedroom house. But yeah, we were all fucking doing that. They, they, it's a little mind trick they like to fuck, fuck with you on. They don't take into consideration, like, uh, they don't want you to take into consideration the difference in society today and uh, the resources we, we have developed despite the government. And, uh, you know, uh, Willy Wonka. That's not that long ago that story was written. And that shit is a joke today in my house. Like when my kids sleeping in my bed and, Everybody's in my damn bed when I'm trying to sleep. I'm like, fucking Willy Wonka's up in here. But like, that was a fucking normal thing. Like, grandma, the kids, and, and slept in the same fucking bed. You only afford one bed. That was normal. Uh, you know, things got tough, but like, wasn't the one bed. That wasn't the tough part. They had a fucking bed. Like, they were worried about starving to death and shit. So what we need to do is just stop misallocating wealth because we've, we've gotten to a point where we are creating so much product, so much wealth, the productive capacity of humanity in the world today is outrageous. Nobody should be needing, even like the poor people who are, so far away from us, it'd be like, fine, you know, <laughs> but it, it's being sucked out or misallocated so bad that, um, to keep people needing, because if we don't need, you know, they've taught us to ask the government for things we need, but if we don't need anything, then people are going to start wondering, why the fuck are we paying these people? I mean, yeah, what are we getting for our money? Yeah. So just make them need. And, uh, you know, kill brown people. Apparently we're doing a lot of that too. 
in uh, some foreign countries. Some I don't know. I mean, I'm American. I don't really care that much about what we're doing over there. Right? But, uh, Scott Horton said the other day on his show, he said, uh, he said, the Iraq war, something to be said about it. It's the, the least supported war America's ever been in. And it's also the least opposed war that America's ever been in. <sighs> Nobody gives a fuck. It's just over, you know, Raytheon's just sucking wealth out of us and killing brown people. A Zoom owned by Raytheon. Are they going to shut this down? <laughs> no one loves the war. No one hates the war. Everyone just accepts the war. I mean, well, you were talking earlier about uh, the people, you know, back in the middle when people were like, raiders came in and then we protected them and then, you know, the overlaps. And then pretty soon those people in that village grew up and they didn't know anything but having a king, right? So that's just the way it was for them. Even though that 20 years ago, before they were born, they, they were all free. And now they just know we have to pay taxes. I have to give them, you know, half my okra, whatever, right? <laughs> and uh, that's what we're done with the war. We've actually just been in a war long enough that people just, a lot of the people are just like, hey, this is just, we're America. We just always, that's what we do over there. We go over there and we like just make things worse. That's what we have to do for our safety. <laughs> we have to kill brown people, duh. What we've always done. We just got used to it. It's, a, yeah. it's Stockholm Syndrome. And they just don't know any different. I mean, think about it. Like, because when you learned about the BS you learned about in school is just like, oh, it's got to be what happened. Because I grew up now. I know what's happened now, but I, didn't, I don't really, only what you tell me is what I know about before. They don't even know an America not at war. Well, 20 years old. This They've is never lived in a world in America without war. This is a theme I think we talked about last week is the idea that the government can always outlast you. It will always outlive you. So it becomes this generational question where if I think about the history books yeah, and one of the calls to action we talked about with the folks who are listening is to go read their kids' history books. Well, they can speak to the things that have been happening in the last few years while they were alive, but maybe not everything that came before that. Right. And maybe their parents can. And but that's what, 
grandparents are alive. We open their eyes is because in the history books of your children, there's going to be things that you live through. And if those are lies, it's, you can bet the rest of it's lies too. And if you want to prove yourself right or wrong, go learn from a real historian and see what's up. Because take even the shittiest historian's class who wants to be on point with the narrative and he's going to fuck up and say some shit that doesn't line up. I mean, hell, if just if you look at what we're taught about U.S. history from a an outsider point of view who doesn't just suck the dick of the American flagpole, it doesn't make sense. You know? <laughs> So there are some it, things things that don't, don't line up. up. Yeah. Like there's more going on there because people don't just go and let their sons. The, 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 we don't have a war in our backyard against family members unless there's some more shit going on. And it was different for, Almost every region, especially on the north, the people on the border of the north, when you really look into that civil war, it's amazing the reasons why they either fought or didn't want to fight. It's none of the narratives are the reason. (laughs) Nothing, no explanation I heard from anybody is right when it comes to that those particular states. Well, it sounds like what you're alluding to here is propaganda. I think so. And propaganda and war go hand in hand. But the good news is we live in America with a free um, press. So we don't get propagandized. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of the other countries, Russia, um, China. Yeah, China. Um, What are the other bad ones? North Korea. Um, The bad uh, countries do get it. Yeah. So those ones, they get propaganda. You know, us living in America, we don't really know what that is. We get a little false news, fake news here and there, but never any serious things. Nothing that would get our sons and daughters killed or anything. (laughs) 